Wanna have fun, wanna keep fit Don't want asthma spoiling it I want a life as normal as pos Okay, let's show asthma who's boss Here's what it's all about And here's swap to help you out That's seven wonderful asthma tips Strategic weapons and tactics Hi everyone, I'm Chris from the Children and Young People's Asthma Programme at NHS England, London Region Welcome to today's Ask About Asthma podcast and to Nikki Barker and Moira Gibbons from the Respiratory Research Team at Sheffield Children's Hospital. Today we're going to catch up with Nikki and Moira as they reflect on their journey creating Moving On Asthma, the team's educational resource for young people with asthma. Over to you Nikki. Well Moira, who'd have thought it, Moving On Asthma, a website especially for young people with asthma transitioning to adult care. How on earth did that happen? Well, I often wonder, Nikki. I suppose the starting point really was that previous work that we'd done with children. We produced resources for them to help them learn about their asthma and found that we got a really positive response. That was really encouraging because we were very mindful of the findings of the National Review into Asthma Deaths and the appalling outcomes for everybody really with asthma and the importance of education in order to enable people to self-manage effectively. So when we came into contact with a body who was prepared to give us some money, it really was a bit of a no-brainer to do some more educational materials. And, and it, it seemed sensible, really, to concentrate on a different demographic this time. So we thought about young people, didn't we? We did, and I think we wanted to create a resource um, that would be easy to use by teams across the country um, and have a familiar structure, a structure that teams were used to using. So what we thought we would do is to then use the Ready Steady Go transition structure, because that's really suitable for that age group. Um, and in the transition structure, obviously, there's the seven topic areas um, with the knowledge, self-advocacy, health and lifestyles, activities of daily living, vocation, psychosocial, and transition. Yeah, and those um, key areas um, gave us the opportunity to develop material based around the goals, as you mentioned. And we decided to go for um, four different types of content, presenter-driven content, some voiceover animations, the photo journeys, and the slideshows. That was a bit of an effort, wasn't it? And then just to kind of get the voice of the young people in there, we also produced some supplementary material in the form of Vox Pops and experience videos. It became really apparent though, I think once we'd got going, that actually we were going to create a huge amount of material. There was so much stuff that we wanted to cover. Um, and we decided in the end that the best way of organising all of this information and presenting it um, was through a website. So that's what we did. Yes, those 48 videos really did need a home. It was getting quite tricky explaining how they all fitted together. In fact, there were a lot of learning points, weren't there? There, there certainly were. I mean, we essentially are a team of healthcare professionals, so nurses, physiotherapists, doctors. Um, and this whole project involved really us developing quite a lot of new skills. Um, with the making of videos and the creative work. And we also realised actually how much time this kind of thing takes. 
Yes, tell me about it. Uh, I think I did a night shift at one point, Nikki. But anyway, the focus was obviously the young people. And we were very aware that young people learn best from young people. So it was a bit of a, a kind of no brainer when we thought about who should present this material, really, to find some young people. But that's where the problem started. And I had a bit of an insight into that, didn't I, with that adolescent health conference that I attended when it became apparent that in terms of virtual consultations, the kids were very happy to uh, do virtual consultations as long as their cameras were off. Camera shy, I think, is what you call it. So it proved a bit tricky. And then Obviously, we weren't doing a great time, were we either? And then the pandemic came along um, and the pandemic certainly posed quite a lot of challenges and um, the practicalities of filming in a safe way without being able to have everybody in the same room, but still involving the young people um, was definitely a challenge. And as Myra says, getting people, young people in front of the camera um, can be quite tricky. But the pandemic did make us think more creatively about how we could do things. And maybe actually we came up with some better solutions because of it. Yeah, it was a bit of a trauma though, wasn't it, lockdown? But every cloud has a silver lining and I doubt whether we'd have got all that virtual conferencing done and the opportunity to connect with teams around the country really wouldn't have been possible without it, would it? It certainly created quite a severe experience, I found. I mean, we we created the opportunity to speak to a, an awful lot of different people. Um, we engaged with lots of different groups, lots of professional groups, lots of different young people's groups from different schools and organisations. And I think overall, I personally found that everybody was really generous with their time. And they've given us lots of encouragement and lots of really useful feedback. Yeah, there was even that time um, when we were sat talking to the consultant who was by a lake in Munich. That was quite something, wasn't it? Some of the young people weren't as fortunate to have that sort of backdrop, though, were they? However, whoever we spoke to, whether it be professionals or young people through youth forums, we got some really great feedback, didn't we? It was such, such a constructive exercise. And it was out of that that we decided to revise the materials. Um, I think we felt that the materials needed some polish. and We were really keen to uh, make them applicable and usable for everybody. Um, and that did mean that we had to tweak them a little bit. But that's all good in my opinion. I don't know about you. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, Moira, what else is in the pipeline? Well, we've got phase two coming up, haven't we? That's a, an exciting prospect. We've got some more funds to do uh, some more materials. We're going to start off with an introduction to the health and lifestyles module. That's at the specific request of MPRANG, the nurses group. We're going to look at gaining skills for independence um, and address the goals and the activities of daily living modules. And then we're moving on to emotions, exercise, alcohol and the in-topic green inhalers. And then following on that, we've got phase three. And phase three really will finish off all the different materials um, to fit those seven topic areas of the Ready Steady Go programme. And that leaves us, I think, with pollution, sleep, diet, weight management, relationships and then finally sexual health. Bring it on.
So do you think it's all been worth it? I do think it's all been worth it. I don't think it's been easy all of the time. Um, it has taken a lot of time and a lot of energy, but it's really satisfying to see that that small idea and that small amount of money that we started off with um, has the potential now for a national adoption and to be used by hundreds of people across the country. How about you, Moira? Yes, certainly the mustard seed idea comes to mind. Well, for me, I think I look back on my time as a clinical nurse specialist, and I was quite fortunate, really, to have consultations of up to half an hour that gave me the opportunity to get in quite a lot of patient education. But I was aware, really, that for quite a lot of people, they have one opportunity to hear the message, one opportunity to grasp what it is they should be doing to, to manage their asthma well with the likes of a, a nurse specialist. Quite a lot of clinicians aren't fortunate to have that amount of time. And for me, to have a resource that you can direct people to, that they can watch over and over again, refresh themselves on, it, it just seems really to be the thing that was lacking when I was trying to, to do the job. We're nearing the end of the podcast now, aren't we? But I really must ask you, what were your highlights? Well, I, I certainly have a clear favourite. Uh, my favourite is the wrap. Um, I have to confess that the wrap was very much Moira's idea. Um, and it's called our Seven Wonderful Asthma Tips. And you can find it in the knowledge section um, on the website. Essentially, the information was scripted by Moira. It was then translated um, into a wrap format. And then we were lucky enough to have it recorded by Rex Domino, who is a professional rap artist. We did have to wait a little time, though, for him to do it because he was busy in Beirut doing humanitarian work. But it was certainly worth the wait. Yeah, we owe a huge debt, really, to both Rex and Lynn, who crafted the wrap. So I suppose I can't really have the wrap as my favourite point, can I? But the thing that I'm going to have as my favourite is Georgia. Georgia was the would-be medical student that we were introduced to as somebody who wanted to get some experience to put on her uh, university application. And we were facing a fairly uphill battle, weren't we, to get those young people in front of the camera. And Georgia was the absolute business no equity card needed, no ask was too great. I should should say that that was the case when it came to posing with a spacer and an inhaler. She was there by the supermarket with the nuts in hand, inhaler and spacer, in front of the traffic, inhaler and spacer, with an ice cream by the ice cream van, inhaler and spacer in hand. She even posed with my Jimmy Connors tennis racket, although I did have to explain to her who Jimmy Connors was. And then finally, as if that wasn't enough, she put on my nightshirt, cuddled up to my teddy bear, posed with a get well card with a cannula in her hand, all with a smile on her face. So Georgia is my highlight. Anyway, we've chatted quite a bit about this, Nikki, haven't we? I think our listeners should probably take a look for themselves. Um, you can find the information that we've been talking about on the website on www.movingonasthma.org.uk. I think that's a wrap, isn't it? I think it is. Boom, boom. Thank you both. That was really inspiring. And that brings today's episode to a close. Thank you for listening and do check out movingonasthma.org.
www.sheffieldcollegeofmusic.org.uk where you will find a contact form if you wish to get in touch with the team in Sheffield, learn more about their exciting project. For more podcasts and to view the full schedule for the week, please do visit the Ask About Asthma webpage. Many thanks and goodbye. That's my attacks, but you can't fight back, yes. That's my attacks, but you can't fight back. You're gonna be swatting up on SWAT, here's the weapons you got. You're gonna be swatting up on SWAT, here's the weapons you got. Gonna be swatting up on SWAT, here's the weapons you got. You're gonna be swatting up on SWAT.